I'm not gonna raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drink your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. From the Dyer Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 9. Kansas. You know, there was a time in our life where West Virginia didn't play Kansas. Much less twice a year. They just didn't play them at all. Like, ever. (laughs) And during that time, WVU was undefeated against Kansas. So that's most of my life. Then Big East collapses on the football side. WVU ends up in the Big 12. And at that point, they start playing Kansas. You know, college basketball, blue blood, multiple national championships, home of Wilt Chamberlain and whoever invented basketball, like Kansas. Then West Virginia started playing them. So, as you know, that undefeated streak ended when they <laughs> when WVU joined the Big 12. But actually, in the beginning, the first five seasons, not terrible against Kansas. WVU won four games at home, and they lost seven. A little bit at home, all the time at Kansas. Lost in the Big 12 tournament. Anyways... Four four wins, seven losses against Kansas. Blue blood Kansas, not bad. Now we're in, now the last four seasons? Ah! Now WVU's in a funk against Kansas. They've lost eight of their last nine against the Jayhawks, and they lost tonight 79-65. And it it wasn't that close, like, West Virginia could have lost by 20 tonight or more. And tonight followed a similar script to other games that WVU has played against Kansas during this nine-game stretch. One part of the script is that someone from WVU has an amazing first half. And you know the performances that come to mind. Oscar, last season at Kansas, dominated the first half. Dominated, like, one of the best Kansas players, Azabuke. Like, dominated them for, for, for the first half. Go back a few seasons before that, Sagabakanate. Remember the block party he had versus Kansas in Morgantown with some of the best blocks you've ever seen? That was an amazing first half. So add to the amazing first half list, Shot Robot. He emerged tonight. First half, 7 of 7 from the field, 6 of 6 from (laughs) 3. We've all watched Shot Robot this year. He has not done that. He saved it for this game, specifically the first half. 
WVU was down two. He hit a crazy shot. He probably got fouled. Bank shot goes in for the sixth three of the half. And WVU did another thing that's part of the script here recently is they took the lead going into halftime against Kansas. So that's the third game in a row that they've done that. So the second half followed another similar script where Kansas uh, like thumps on WVU. (laughs) I don't know a better way to put that. And it's all very similar. Tonight, Kansas outscored WVU by 15 in the second half. Last time WVU played Kansas, Kansas outscored WVU by 15 in the second half. The game before that, Plus 13. You get the point. A little bit different this time. The last two times, West Virginia, (laughs) they didn't break 20 one of those times. They got 19 points in the second half in one of those games, 23 in the other. This time they scored 29, so that's different. The problem is Kansas scored 44 points in the second half. They made nine threes in the second half, and they made 16 for the game. West Virginia started in man-to-man, as they do. Kansas was hitting threes. Then Huggins broke out a 3-2 zone, which got some stops. And West Virginia needed stops, and that helped them get the lead at the half. Second half, same 3-2 zone WVU starts in, and Kansas does miss some, but it's harder to rebound out of a zone. Kansas got second, third chances. A lot of those resulted in threes. And there goes the game. WVU, who going in, you think, man, they got that one six ten guy. Kansas does. But that other guy's gone. West Virginia should be able to dominate in the paint. Out-rebounded by Kansas tonight by three. Going into this one, the couple matchups I was looking at, like how this is going to gauge how the game's going to go. The first one was Deuce McBride, who's coming off a really good game against Iowa State, versus the defensive player of the year in the Big 12, 35-year-old Marcus Garrett. And so how did that go? Well, Deuce, good. 19 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. Only two turnovers. So that's a good game for Deuce. The bigger compliment for Deuce's game tonight was how WVU played when he was on the bench. Huggins, because he's not playing him 40 minutes, gave him a breather in the first half. West Virginia was down three, 18-15. When Deuce came back in, Kansas was up 25-18. Okay? So that's minus four during that period. Then, second half, Deuce got called for three fouls in the second half early. And so Huggins had to take him out. At that point, West Virginia was only down two, 46 to 44. When Huggins brought him back in, West Virginia was down 57-47. So in those two stretches, WVU lost ground by 12 points. Because Deuce had to go to the bench. And Deuce has to go to the bench. He's not going to play 40 minutes a game. So 
Will WVU be outscored when Deuce is on the bench? Most likely. Should it be? <laughs> should it be eight points difference in two or three minutes? Uh, that's not going to be good for WVU, right? Anyways, Marcus Garrett. Did I say? I don't know what I called him earlier. Marcus Garrett. He was good tonight. He had 15 points, six of eight shooting. He shot three threes. He made three threes. So Garrett's 15, the Deuce's 19. Let's call that a draw, okay? The other one I was looking at was Oscar versus the, uh, Kansas's freshman, Jared Wilson. And I thought they were going to play small ball, Kansas was. They did not. I mean, they kept the big guy in the whole game. When McCormick wasn't in, they brought in 34-year-old Lightfoot or whatever that guy's name is. They they did not go small ball. But it was still Wilson versus Oscar. And this matchup was not a draw. <laughs> I would give the advantage to Kansas on this one. Jared Wilson, 17 points, 12 of those in the second half, seven rebounds, four assists. Strong game for a freshman. Oscar, sophomore Oscar, 18 minutes, three points, five rebounds, one assist. And that's not good. I I would say Wilson wins that one very easily. Oscar comes out in the second half. He fouled... What's this guy's name? Brown? Showman calls him Brown. The PA announcer calls him Brown. His friends call him Brown. His teammates call him Brown. His parents call him Brown because their name is Brown. But it's not Brown. (laughs) I'll get to that in a second. He found Brown. Brown was shooting a three. Now, that might have, in hindsight, been a good strategy because Brown made six threes. So that opportunity, he did not make a three. He only made two of three from the free throw line. So actually, we gained a point in that scenario, (laughs) theoretically. But Brown, he spells it B-R-A-U-N, which that's brawn, right? If I change the spelling of my last name to W-H-I-T-E, it's not wit anymore. Even if I tell you it's pronounced wit, that's white. I can't get mad if somebody says, hey, Josh, white. I can't get mad at that because it's W-H-I-T-E. B-R-A-U-N, that's brawn. (laughs) But it's brown. Anyway, Oscar, bad foul. Then a few possessions later, Oscar gets the ball close to the basket, misses a a one-footer. Kansas comes down. They make a three. And then more threes and more threes. So many threes, right? So let's do the math. Wilson had 17. And Oscar had three. So seven and Kansas won by 14. This is a let me put this equation in my calculator. So 17 minus three. My calculator, you got to spell out the numbers. That equals a 14. 
17 minus three is 14 and Kansas won by 14. Coincidence, who's to say? Kansas made nine threes in the second half, which is amazing for, for a WVU fan because WVU in nine games this season, they haven't made nine threes in a game. So then I look at the last season. They only did it once last season. Made nine threes in a game, and that's a game they lost. And so Kansas comes out, makes nine in the second half. (laughs) So that happens. Weird things happen. You know, WVU shot the lights out at home versus Richmond, and that's not this game. But you're at home. You can shoot really well. Kansas shot really well tonight versus WVU. And their streak continues. And to be fair, yes, Kansas has our number right now. Losing eight out of nine is not a great look. However, we're not in the we're not alone in this Kansas has our number boat <laughs> in the league. Since 1949, Kansas, Kansas's all-time record versus Baylor. You're familiar with Baylor. 33. Win six losses versus Baylor. TCU, Kansas 20 wins, TCU two wins. Texas, Kansas, Kansas's record versus Texas, 32 and 8. Texas Tech, 38 and 6. You catch my drift. Kansas is really good at basketball. <laughs> so it's not great to be in a funk against Kansas, but we're not in a club of one (laughs) in that one. So the winless streak continues in the fog. WVU is now 0-2 in games where they are betting underdogs this season. They're going to be underdogs again in the future. Let's hope that that changes. And WVU holds the distinction. I'm sad to report this. There's been five teams steady from the Big 12 that has been in the Ken Palm top 10. Uh, WVU, after this performance, is the first one to drop out of the top 10. They dropped from 7 to 14 tonight with a big hit because of, you know, all the threes, the 16 threes, took a big hit in their defensive rating. But it's one game. That's the great thing about college basketball. It's one game. Let's see what happens on the next one. Random thoughts coming up. Diner Prime Creative Group is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Everybody from Dyer Prime wishes you and yours a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Call or text them to find out about how they can help you with t-shirts and hats and embroidery and all that stuff. 304-767-4445. You can find them on the web, dyerprime.com, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Christmas is fast approaching. Love Christmas. Celebrate Christmas. In the Witt household, the food item that pops up at Christmas and only Christmas, you know, Usually ham is associated with Christmas, and I'm going to have Christmas ham, but I'll see ham in other parts of the year. This food item I'm going to talk about only pops up 
in the Witt household at Christmas time, and it's sausage balls. Are you familiar with the sausage ball? It's a it's a distant cousin of the West Virginia famous pepperoni roll, but it's its own thing. I love sausage balls. If you're not familiar with it, it's easy to make. Just uh, I think it's on the back of the Bisquick uh, box, but all you need is Bisquick. I don't know how you spell that. Ground sausage, and you can pick whichever ground sausage you want from from breakfast sausage to Italian sausage. It can be spicy. It can be mild. You can you can choose there. And then the third, there's only three ingredients. Those two and cheese whiz. You know, cheese whiz more popular. Uh, when you think of cheese whiz, you think of Philly cheesesteak. That's what I think of. I'm sure cheese whiz goes in other things. It goes into sausage balls. It's the third ingredient. It's an important ingredient. So I went to the store <laughs> recently to get the three ingredients for sausage balls. I did not get all three ingredients. And it wasn't without trying. I know where the Bisquick is, or however you say it. Bisquick. And the Bisquick is where the flour is. So I look for the big sign that says baking needs or baking goods or whatever. Follow, you know, look for the big bags of flour. And where there's flour, you're going to find Bisquick. Okay. Done. One of three. Accomplished. All right. What is the next one? Sausage. I know where the sausage is at. That's where all the where the meats are at. So the family of meats in the back of the store, you're going to find some ground sausage back there. All right? So two for three. <clears throat> where is the cheese whiz? <laughs> and ask yourself, where would you find the cheese whiz? There's so, I guess what I'm saying is cheese is spread throughout a grocery store. All right. So, following logic as I do, the first place I looked was the dairy section, you know, because cheese is dairy. And so I go to the dairy section. Yeah, I don't think of cheese whiz as something you got to keep cold, but it's a cheese. It's, it's got cheese in the name, it's not spelled. The traditional way, there's a Z in there, but it's cheese. And so I'm looking, I see pimento cheese, I see my shredded cheeses, sliced cheeses, no cheese whiz. All right, fair enough. So maybe it's, you know, maybe it's up in the deli department, right? And when I think deli cheese, I think of like a highfalutin cheese where it has to be sliced by somebody from the store or there's cheeses that like special French cheeses or, you know, smelly cheeses. And again, cheese whiz, I don't think puts on airs. I don't think it's a, I don't think of cheese whiz as a sophisticated cheese product. But if it's not in the dairy section, it's got to be in the deli section, right? Wrong. No cheese whiz in the deli section. All right. All right. So let's get creative. Where else is cheese in the store? All right, the chip aisle. You go through the chip aisle, and in the middle, there's a bunch of different like quesos. Cheese whiz 
could be a cousin of queso, right? And nacho cheese in a jar. All that stuff's in jars. Cheese Whiz is in a jar. Go to the chip aisle, no Cheese Whiz. All right? <laughs> all right. All right. So, all right. So, what... All right, what about cheese and crackers? People say that cheese goes with crackers, right? So maybe it's in the cracker aisle. And I did find spray cheese. <laughs> you know, like you can like uh you can shake a can and then spray it and out comes cheese, which is great to fill, you know, you get those bugles. Go back to the chip aisle, get the bugles. Or maybe the the bugles are with the crackers. With the Ritz, who knows? With the Triscuits, you fill up the bugle with, with spray cheese. It's a delightful treat, right? But anyways, big jar of nope in the cracker section. Spray cheese with no cheese whiz. So now I'm just now I'm I'm guessing at this point. Like where else can I find cheese? Maybe where the big blocks of Velveeta cheese are. Maybe is it there? No macaroni and cheese aisle. No. Do you know where the cheese whiz was? <laughs> and if you can make this connection, good for you. I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. The cheese whiz was in the wine aisle. Huh? I don't drink wine. Not familiar with wine. But does who's pairing cheese whiz with wine? I watch Top Chef. Nobody's paired cheese whiz with wine, right? I'm guessing no one in the history of the world has ate a spoonful who's cracked open a jar of cheese whiz, got, <laughs> got a spoon, dipped it in the cheese whiz, took a big bite of cheese whiz, and then and then washed it down with the Pinot Noir. <laughs> Or a Zinfandel. Listen, everything I know about wine, I've learned from the movie Sideways. If you haven't seen that movie, it's a good movie. It's uh, Spoiler alert, it's, it's not about wine, but wine's in the movie. And somebody really likes wine in that movie. Guess what? You know what didn't make an appearance in the movie Sideways? And this is another spoiler alert. There was no... Cheese Whiz references in the movie Sideways. So if it's not in Sideways, and no one in the history of world <laughs> of the world has washed down Cheese Whiz with a with a uh, Sauvignon, then what's the Cheese Whiz doing <laughs> in the wine aisle? I'm asking out of ignorance, obviously. I have no idea. But people who run stores, there's like six or seven other options of where you can put Cheese Whiz that makes sense before, you know, the wine aisle. So connect the dots for me or what you most likely should do is change it. Final thoughts coming up. Unreasonable Doubt is on the social media. On Instagram, at Unreasonable Doubt WV. On Twitter, 
at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook, go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it. Interact with the show. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The next game for WVU is... I don't know. To be determined, WVU was scheduled to play Buffalo next week, but that game is canceled because pandemic. Now, you would think if you watch the game tonight, WVU versus Kansas, you would think that the Buffalo game is on. And you'd think that because ESPN promoted the game being on their ESPN+. Plus. It said it on the screen. WVU versus Buffalo. They were talking about Buffalo and how it was going to be a tough matchup. Then they doubled down later. Like, who is WVU playing next? They're playing Buffalo. When, in fact, they're not playing Buffalo. So, WVU goes back to their Instagram DMs to hit up possible schools for a get-together next week. It's not going to be Bob Morris. It's not going to be Youngstown State. These are games that got canceled earlier in the season because pandemic. But they're busy next week. And the West Virginia's AD is saying they're looking. They have a couple of names. My random guests shot in the dark have no inside information. I'm going Akron. <laughs> I just picked a name that of a team that had a few days in between the 29th and their games on the on both sides of it. So maybe it's going to be Akron. Most likely it's not going to be Akron because I just picked the name. Anyways, if that doesn't happen and they aren't able to reschedule another team because pandemic, the next game is 2021, baby. In the new year at home versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma's really good. But they lost a close one at home tonight to Texas Tech because every game is tough in the Big 12. So I don't think it's going to be Oklahoma. I think one of those names that the AD is talking about is going to surface and they're going to play. It's just going to pop up like the North Texas game. If not, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. But probably not Oklahoma. Who's to say? That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts is great. Spotify, Overcast, Breaker, CastBox. Subscribe to the podcast. Do that. That helps the podcast. Leave a review. If you listen on Apple Podcasts and you've never left a review, your holiday gift to me is filling out a review. And don't lie. Say whatever you want. Do lie and rate it five stars, but be honest in your critique of the podcast. And if you do that, that'd be a great Christmas gift. I'll read it on this podcast, good or bad. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2020-2021 season, they're 7-2. and two.